Servus und herzlich willkommen to a special episode of the Bavarian Podcast Works. We're going to have the UCL preview as well as the flagship show rolled into one. And yes, this is your schnitzel joining you once again with a guest who I'll be doing uh, the podcast with for the first time. This is BFW's, BPW's Marcus. And I'm thrilled to have him here because we usually don't agree on anything. And it's really cool to have a different perspective uh, all the time. But uh, this time, I think it could be a little different. I'm really excited to see what he has to say on various topics. Uh, welcome, Marcus from Belgium. It's great to have you here. How are you doing? Thank you, Schnitzel. Uh, I'm doing fine. Um, I think as long as we don't talk about Yogi Love and the national team, I think you and me will uh, agree somewhat on most things. Uh, but thanks for joining. Uh, and thank you for having me, especially. That is a delight to hear. And yes, uh, we will not be talking about Yogi Love, although that is uh, a possible topic for another day because I'm not very happy with Hansi Flick either. So I'm not going to talk about it right now. Maybe we have more pressing matters to discuss a massive meltdown at Bayern Munich. Where do I even begin? Uh, I guess a good place to start would obviously be getting the Manchester City preview out of the way first because... Usually, I like getting the worst aspects out of the way so that we can then focus <laughs> on the slightly less daunting issues at hand. So, Manchester City, uh, home game, I don't see a point. It feels pretty much dead rubber to me. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think Man City has one foot in the semifinal. Um I, I mean, there's a possibility I can see Bayern can win the game, you know, with 1-0, maybe 2-1, but We're Man City is looking yeah. fantastic. So, I, I, yeah, it will be very tough. It will be a miracle. I do not uh, think we'll knock them out. I seriously don't. And this is not me being pessimistic. This is me being super realistic. And to be honest, I think that is what pretty much everyone expects. And Bayern Munich right now, they look like a team that lacks identity. They do not have a clear vision. The players look drained and they look so done with everything. And there's obviously on-pitch issues, but there's also so much off the pitch. There's so much going on in terms of media circuses, you know, players turning against each other, the locker room turning into a melting pot. So there's just so many problems piling up one after the other. And Manchester City are in crazy good form right now. So I don't I don't know as as far as a preview for the home leg is concerned I think Bayern Munich will obviously go into this game trying to salvage a win they would obviously try their best throw everything in the kitchen sink I think that is what Bayern Munich tend to do in games when they're down especially in the Champions League when the stakes are high but even then I think Bayern Munich even if they give their best it's near impossible to come back from a 3-0 deficit because that's just so massive. It's, it's a massive deficit. And you have to also consider that Bayern have to score four goals unanswered. So City shouldn't score. And yeah. if we end up scoring three three goals in uh, normal time, it goes to extra time. And we have no idea what will happen then, right? It could yeah, go yeah. either way. And it will be miraculous if it does go to extra time. But I highly doubt that Bayern will score three unanswered goals against City. Yeah, well, I guess like the setup for the most beautiful comeback story in Munich. I mean, I guess everything is there, right? For that beautiful setup. As you say, Schnitzel, 
three yeah. nil against City, who is in like miraculous form. I think they won like seven games in a row now. Yeah. Um, Mane punching Sane in the dressing room after the first leg loss. Uh, the whole Tuchel and Nagisman debacle. Every, you know, the players having a horrible game against Hoffenheim uh, yesterday. Um, if there was, you know, time for a beautiful comeback, it would be now. Um, but then yeah. again, I I think we both are realistic. We don't think that's going to happen. Um, would be cool, though. But 100%. No. <laughs> and I also think, I mean, I'm not even sure uh, I trust Thomas Tuchel at all anymore because his lineup in the first leg, along with, you know, the game plan, it was so passive. It's almost like we had more possession in the first half, but we were just like passing it around the defense the entire time. And if you see City, you have players like Bernardo Silva, Erling Haaland constantly pressurizing the Bayern backline. Alfonso Davies lost the ball so many times against Bernardo Silva. He got out-dribbled, out-maneuvered, turned inside out by Bernardo Silva on multiple occasions. Upamakano had a terrible game. I I feel Oof. really bad for him because it's so difficult to come out of such a rut, you know? Yeah. I can't imagine what that has done to his confidence, which was... I... You know, pretty good throughout the season, and then when the stakes were high, he just completely just bottled it. You know, I mean, his his head was gone after the what seventieth minute. He, I mean, I think Tuchel yeah. should have taken him off. I've never seen like a decline of quality in a professional football player at this you know elite level in my life. That was a complete uh, meltdown. I, it was a complete meltdown, and I also feel bad for him because I think I. I like him a lot. I think he's a really good player. He's um, well. yeah, he's yeah. like a very, you know, he's a monster, a physical monster. He has the speed, you know, he has the um yeah, the agility, the the strength. Uh it's just that sometimes he just loses his head. Yeah. And that was to the max uh this Tuesday, I think it was. Um To me, Upamakano yeah. sometimes he reminds me of Boateng. Like in terms of he can dominate games like Boateng does, right? And he can yeah. single-handedly win defensive duels. He can keep clean sheets by himself. But at the same time, you can't help but wonder when is the next time he is going to shit the bed, you know? Yeah. Like, when is the yeah. next time he's going to lose it completely and concede a goal or two because of individual errors? Because there's a part of me that thinks if Luca Hernandez had been fit for that game, maybe yeah. it would have been completely different. Because... He's he's a player that I can always trust for some reason, right? He's maybe not the best of passers, maybe mm. not the most beautiful defender, maybe not a Matthias Delict, but he's so no nonsense in that you just cannot get past him, mm. and he will fight to the death to ensure that there's a clean sheet, right? And Upamakano, while he can boss defend uh, boss an entire attack on his own, he has this propensity to sort of make these really avoidable errors that 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 cost you games and yeah. i feel like it's it just happened at the worst of times you know so unfortunately yeah yeah but i don't I think... think the second leg uh, it's going to do much to help his confidence yeah i think i mean i actually did really like that Tuchel played him uh, yesterday against uh, Hoffenheim uh, because he needed some confidence boost after, I mean, a horror show. That's that's me putting it nicely. Um, but yeah, I guess now against City uh, next week, Bayern needs to get an early goal. I'm talking 1-0 the first 25th minute. 
maybe rattle some, you know, tails at City. Um, but that needs to happen. But I, I think, but the, I mean, we can talk about like Pep is he's always tinkering and stuff like that. But I do not see him losing a three goal advantage at all. Um, but if Bayern was supposed to do some kind of comeback, it needs to be one nil, maybe even two nil the first half. I think even Pep himself, uh, I believe that he is in a position right now because of uh, Manchester City's obvious unlimited wealth and resources to field 11 that is pretty much set in stone because of the weapon up front. He finally is not benching Haaland, you know. He's finally not benching the striker because how can you bench a player like Haaland? In the game against Bayern, he had one goal and an assist. And if you see... Haaland does so much with so little of the ball. Like the second goal, for instance, the one that Bernardo Silva headed home. Haaland got one touch. He perfectly crossed it. Did you see that that assist? Yeah, yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. In such a short span of time, he can come up with such you know wonderful stuff. And that, that just tells me so much about Haaland's quality. He just needs the slightest of chances to cause so many problems. And then he scored by uh, Manchester City's third. So... It's just sad, you know, and I believe he'll start again in the home leg and that just spells more danger. Oh, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, as you say, Schnitzel, um, that because of him, as you say, he only needs 10 seconds. He only needs good 10 seconds out of 89 bad ones, 89 exactly. you know, bad minutes. Um, I, I remember there was one game uh, earlier this season, uh, uh, I believe... Was it the game against Leipzig when he when he scored five goals? So, <laughs> so he, he had like eight touches that game and he scored five goals. Isn't yeah, that yeah. like mental? That's for, that's crazy. for me. For me, there's no better footballer on this planet. There's no at at the moment. There's no one who can decide games, games at this elite yeah. at this elite level than him. I think, and I that's know. why, like it, that, along with you know City and you know all the good players they have, it. Will Bayern keep a clean sheet? Doubt it. And, you know, if they do let in only one goal, they need, as you say, they need to score four during a time where I think Bayern has looked very inefficient up top. And who is going to score for Bayern? There's no one. Nobody is scoring. Yeah. Mane is so bad. I don't even... I think we'll have a separate section on that later. He's atrocious. <laughs> uh, the rest of the wingers, we know they can't score. And uh, Thomas Miller has to start because without him, the attack lagged identity in the first leg. Muziala had possibly one of his worst games of the season. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's also a shame that his decline a bit this season has come at you know the crucial, the most crucial point of the season. I think um, that's mainly to do with his position. So... I don't know why Muziala is constantly played at the attacking midfield position by coaches, especially by Tuchel now. He's used all the time as a substitute, as a replacement for Thomas Müller. But I think Muziala thrives better on the wings because you see these games where, you know, all the time he's in the center, there are four players marking him. And he always thinks that it is up to him to dribble past these four players and somehow get to goal. And he always loses the ball when he tries to out-dribble players. It can be much simpler when he's on the wing and combining with Alfonso Davies when we've seen how productive he can be. And I think that's what Tuchel is getting wrong. Muziala is not a Müller replacement. Thomas Müller and Jamal Muziala have to be playing together on the pitch, along with whichever winger is good. 
And that means Serge Gnabry needs to be benched eternally because he should probably go back to West Brom, if I'm being very <laughs> honest. That That is how bad he is. And I don't even think West Brom will sign him, you know? I mean, and I'm putting it nicely. I'm putting it nicely because he's one player who has done little to nothing to warrant that starting position. And he somehow starts every single game and it doesn't make sense. So, yeah, yeah I guess... What yeah. is it? What is your prediction? <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, I think with Musiala, I mean, I do kind of agree that him being put in the center or the wing, but I think mainly, I think he's he's just have a pretty bad run of form after the mm. World Cup where he looked so defeated that he didn't score, you know, goals. And I think it's just, I think for him, he would be fine. I mean, even if that's in, you know, behind the forwards in the center, or if it's in the wing, he is such a massive talent. Talent. I just think he needs some, you know, positivity uh, yeah. right now because his form has been lacking. I think like twenty twenty three, and he's least. very young, and he shouldn't be expected to carry a team. I think yeah. the senior, more senior players need to take more responsibility. But we know that the senior players can't score. So, what do we say? What do we do? You know. Yeah, and with Nabri, I mean, I yeah, he has also declined at least this season. I think. Um, I, think, I mean, I think he is a good player. I mean, he's shown no. that... Okay, uh, Nabry is a good player, but he's always so inconsistent. Yeah, he is a bit in- inconsistent, yeah. But he's not... I think there's a difference between Nabry and, like, world-class wingers, like... Leroy uh, Vin- Vinicius, um, Saka, yeah. you know, from Arsenal. I think there's a bit of difference between Nabry and them. Um, and I think the ma- the major thing is that he was... In the in the beginning of a Bayern career, you know, like, the was it Chelsea when he scored three goals or Tottenham it was sorry yeah. 2019 before COVID I think that when he was like what 24 25 then and he hasn't really shown he hasn't really taken that step from being a good player to being an elite player that's and that's true. like my only thing with him and also that he misses chances I think he pisses people off you know yeah. he misses he misses sitters yeah and, <laughs> and and I think you also have the other end of the spectrum at Bayern where you have players who are elite right so you have Leroy Zani, you have Kingsley Coman who have shown that they can be elite game changers at any given time. And the elite players have regressed to good players or even decent players, right? Yeah. They are not performing as well. And yeah. Kingsley Coman, well, okay, he's our best winger right now because he's performing consistently. He can at least create something out of nothing. Leroy Zane, I don't know what he's doing. I think I expect a lot more from him because... He's a player who has shown elite talent in Manchester City. And in the Hinrunde this season, he was excellent under Nagelsmann. I do not know why he's finding it so difficult to find that form. It it feels yeah. like a case where the entire attack of Bayern Munich is dysfunctional at the moment. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I think with Sanes, as you say, he is a bit inconsistent. And I guess that's a bit frustrating in itself because you can really see his talent. I think like talent-wise, I think he is maybe the best, the best yeah, yeah. Uh, Bayern winger. Yeah. Um, Kingsley Coleman and his like, you know, consistent form is ju- due to the one fact that he's not injured now. Yeah. <laughs> he was injured all the time before. And now true. he's not. And he's yeah. shown his class too. Um but yeah, no, you're right. I think it's it is something that's been lacking this um this season that yeah, they never really been like in sync, so to say, all together. And when they are, you know, Bayern's attack is fantastic. We saw that against uh you know Frankfurt in the first game. It was like six nil uh, this season or something like that. 
I mean, when they are like all in form, it's a fluid, fantastic, you know, smooth attack. But now, I mean, against Hoffenheim, now it was atrocious. I mean, I think that was yeah, one yeah. of the worst games I've seen Bayern this season, considering the opponent and considering it was at the Allianz. Yeah, I think uh, we can just move on from the Manchester City game. I'm not doing any predictions because I think Bayern are done, honestly. <laughs> It'll probably be like a 2-1 victory for Bayern, but they're still getting knocked out. So. Oh, I, I can do it. I want to do a prediction. Okay, I think, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I think Bayern will lose 1-2. I think they'll have a okay game, but City's just... They're just one step ahead of Bayern. Yeah. They're one I, step ahead of everyone. 5-1 on aggregate. Uh, could have been worse, though. <laughs> I can't <laughs> yeah. believe I'm saying this. I cannot <laughs> believe I'm saying this. This is Bayern Munich, one of the consistently best teams in the world, and they're getting washed. They're getting absolutely rinsed. And you know what's funny? I think Real Madrid could probably win it again. <laughs> That's what's crazy. Because they somehow turn up in the Champions League and against Manchester City, I feel like it's possible, obviously. Manchester City might dominate for 90 minutes, but Real Madrid will simply just somehow squeeze in two goals out of nowhere, you know? Yeah, Benzema I mean... We just have two good minutes and that's it. The game is over before you know yeah. it. Yeah. I think City will win. Um, I think so a... too. That's a boring prediction, I know, but no, it's... No. I believe City will win as well. But I'm just saying yeah. that there is a high chance Real Madrid might cause an upset again this season because they keep doing it. Yeah, every yeah. year we count them out. Every year they keep proving us wrong. I feel like I, I should never see yeah. against Madrid again. Yeah, well, I think yes. I mean, they always can. The, the reason why I won't say Real Madrid is because they have to play City twice. Yeah, right. That's true. and I think that's just. The thing I think they can surprise City in one game, but not twice. They and... surprised City twice last season. <laughs> yeah, but this season that was City without Haaland. You know, that's this true. is that's, that's City of last season, but on steroids. That being Norwegian steroids. That being yeah, Erling yeah, Haaland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, steroids. Yeah. Yeah, but I would love. I mean, I would love it if like Inter or Milan does a shocker and just you know play. Calcio Poli in the final and win against City, that would be fantastic. But yeah, I yeah, I don't yeah. think my romantic yeah. parts yeah. will uh, will get that present. I guess uh, it's now time to move on to the next topic, which is just as much uh, of pessimism as the previous one, which is basically about Bayern Munich's squad situation right now. What the hell is going between Leroy Zani and Sadio Mane and how will this impact the club both in the present and in the future initial thoughts um initial thoughts look these things happen is my initial thoughts it's a bit like i mean it, it's a it's a professional sport you know uh, attitudes and aggressivity will always be there um but yes i think you can also paint it in a way that yeah i think i don't think Bayern Munich is feeling very good right now in like a health situation. I think there's definitely a possibility that a lot of players are confused, like the fans, that they had, you know, their coach and they had a path in the season they thought was good. And, you know, in one day that was all taken. We're coming out. to that very, very shortly. But uh, for now, uh, let's oh, just... yeah, For now, with the Sana, yeah. Sana, Mana situation, I didn't know what happened. Was it like so, a real... I think if it's true that uh, Sane used some very strong language against Mane, I don't want to mention what he said here because firstly, I'm not sure if it's 100% correct. 
because the media can always spin things off, you know, to make it sound uh, way more serious than it usually is. And also, uh, I think that it's very difficult for us to judge that conversation because it's between two Bayern players and only they know what happened in the locker room, the emotions on the pitch. And the media always wants to create this uh, fight club. You know, obviously, BFW is just, you know, as guilty <laughs> of making that as the media. But we do it more as a satirical spinoff, but the media does it really seriously. And they misinterpret quotes all the time, right? Yeah. So, so for example, this situation has been painting both players in a really bad light. So, Sane's camp and maybe the rest of the Bayern Munich office believe that Sane was punched really, really badly on the lip and on the face by Mane. And regardless of what Zane said, that is something really bad. There is no space for physical violence, not just in football, in general, in every facet of life. And this is just unacceptable, right? If if that's what actually happened. So yeah, but yeah, but I I agree. Violence is bad, yeah. and he should have been fined. And it was probably a good idea that he was not playing against Hoffenheim. Uh, but then again, it could have been that bad because I didn't see any marks on Sane uh, I, yesterday. I saw all these reports of uh, you know uh, Zane is probably hiding his lip or something because oh, really? <laughs> the injury was really bad, and that he didn't want to show it to the cameras. I believe oh, that's really? what the report said. But I'm not, again, I'm not sure because everyone's saying different things and it's really difficult to, you know, pick or pinpoint exactly what transgressed. But I do believe that uh, this needs to be sorted and there needs to be an investigation into this potentially because I believe whichever player is in the wrong needs to be, you know, needs to face some sort of reper- repercussion. And uh, there's also reports now, I mean, recently published uh, BFW articles. Give it a read, guys. Uh, that say that Sadio Mane might be on his way out of Bayern Munich. And yes, this incident is a really bad one, maybe paints the entire situation in a bad light. But I think there's more to it than just violence, you know? I mean, he's not been performing well at all recently. He's been very poor. And I think he doesn't fit Tuchel's system at all. I think he's a terrible fit. Yeah, no, he has, I mean... I can't judge from the few games he's played under Tuchel, but he's had a mediocre season um, so far. And it was an expensive signing. It was a gamble of a signing, uh, him being 30. Um, And he's, yeah, he's really not lived up to to the expectations. And it's a shame. It's a shame that all this happens because beforehand, you know, Mane does a lot of great things off the pitch. He's been, um, you know, he's an inspiring figure in that way. Um, and he and was like, actually really good for Liverpool in the UCL, especially so clutch. So yeah, no, clutch. he's great. And this whole thing of like punching Sane, like yes, it could be a big thing. It could be a small thing, though. I think like this stuff happens if they both say that it's okay. We, we're gonna move on. I think. I mean, I'm not the one to analyze something that I did not see with my two own eyes. However, it could also more likely actually be that Mane just doesn't like life in Munich. Uh, he knows that he's not performing on the pitch and that, you know, this frustration that he has with him kind of just let go on Sane. Um, and then I could see him leaving this, this summer for sure. Maybe to even like Middle East club, like Qatar or Saudi even. 
I think uh, uh, some European clubs might still be interested in him because uh, although he looks like he's regressed as a player, it's possible that he thrives in a different system. I just think he doesn't fit this system particularly well because initially we thought that he might have, you know, the pace to run in behind defenders, more like what Zal Salah and Mane had at Liverpool. It was a two-winger wide forward system. Uh, which was flanked by Robertson and uh, Alexander-Arnold. And we thought that maybe with Davies and Mazraoui on the flanks, we could have a similar situation with maybe a combination of Salah, uh, sorry, Mane, Sané and Muziala, but uh, it just doesn't seem to be working that way right now. And Tuchel is very pragmatic with his football. So it's a completely different system from what Nagelsmann used to play. And I could say that even in Nagelsmann's 4-2-2-2, Mane would have thrived, and he did at the beginning of the season. But because Tuchel is here, I just see no future for Mane in Tuchel's system. Yeah, no, I I tend to agree. I mean, I'll see with how it goes with Tuchel's system, but I think he's had a, a nightmare of a season um, yeah. so far. I mean, I say nightmare because of also the punch. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I would like to see him get a second chance, though. Absolutely, yeah. And I would like to give a disclaimer to the people listening to the podcast. I did not bribe Marcus with money to agree to my points. He is doing it (laughs) of his own free will today. And uh, (laughs) I'm I'm very serious. Uh, This is is something really nice, you know. I mean, I feel like, uh, obviously, we have more to discuss now. And uh, there's there's just usually with uh, I Need No Name, for example, right? It just goes on and on and on the arguments, and then it's inconclusive at the end. This is a uh, this is refreshing. This is almost like having Tom again, but like a Belgian version. So it feels nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a Belgian version of Tom. That's uh, <laughs> two of the best worlds, huh? <laughs> yeah, basically the 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 best of both worlds, exactly. Yeah, and uh, uh, again, uh, an even worse topic, and possibly the one that I really wanted to talk about today. Let me start. By saying this, the board has screwed up massively, number one. I'm going to write a rant article very soon that's going to be published on my thoughts on the matter and why I think Bayern Munich's entire season. And I'm talking about all the fallouts, all the problems that the club is facing. Every single thing can be traced back to the board. And we'll talk about it shortly. I believe the loss of morale the losses, the effective exits out of every competition this season, uh, not named the Bundesliga, and Bayern struggles in the Bundesliga as well, because you're drawing with Hoffenheim, you're not being very convincing, not showing many good performances, the team's morale is dashed to the ground. I think the board needs to be held acceptable, someone needs to answer, and someone needs to pay the price for their actions. And I would like to get you started on that, Marcus. What are your thoughts? Uh, Well, I think that this will be another point where we uh, agree with each other to be honest um <laughs> i think that it was a very strange decision what happened um i've been following Bayern since what is it now 2001 i think um and besides besides maybe breno you know burning his house down this was like the most shocked i've been at like a decision or at a, a thing happening in fc hollywood uh, it just really took me out of surprise because I didn't think Nagisman did that badly. I think it was nice to see Bayern Munich clearly wanting like a long-term solution, right? I think if if you are a German club, 
you have to be smarter with your money than the Premier League clubs. You have to kind of avoid this short, short-term casino-style, you know, attributes of that some Premier League clubs have. And you kind of have to have a long-term vision. And I think, yeah, I, I just thought like Bayern kind of had that now with Nagisman. And I, I like that, you know, they decided to buy, you know, Tell, for example, who's 17. He's untested. But like, you know, they they had Davies, who was also untested. And he turned out great. And, you know, Gravenberg now hasn't been amazing. But there was like a kind of a vision there, a, a strategy there. And that was taken away in the most brutal and, for me, unthinkable kind of situation of the season. And what we've seen now, this has not worked. I, I said it with the podcast with Samreen, treble or nothing. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. that's the only way that this board gamble would have been acceptable. Yeah. yeah but now yeah. it's, now it's Dave Pebble colors off, you know. Um, this is the worst possible situation that the board could have found themselves in. This yeah. is the absolute worst. And the thing is, let me tell you, I have a lot of problems with this. Firstly, I think that, like you mentioned, this was a long-term vision. The board finally showed patience, or at least it seemed like it for a very short time, to sign a manager for such a huge sum of money. It was at the time the record transfer fee for any manager, 25 million euros, five-year contract. I was very optimistic that Nagelsmann would come in maybe introduce a very innovative style of football, introduce his own vision, his own footprint, and not just continue with this sort of uh, buy-in tradition that has been... Obviously, yes, some aspects of it will remain, like the Gagan pressing was there for everyone to see, the attacking football was there, Bayern played a high line, but there were a lot of signature Nagelsmann moments as well with this team. Like the passing sequences were very nice. I think the defense was better than it has been under Flick, for instance. And I also think that Nagelsmann teams fared really well in cup competitions. They did really well in the cups. Everyone likes to bring up last season's game against Villarreal. Everyone likes to do that. Firstly, that was his first season. Secondly, we have placed trust on this person to take us across a period of five years. There will be hiccups at the beginning. He lost quite a lot of key players, right, uh, this season. He lost Lewandowski, he lost Neuer. There are bound to be hiccups. Last season, things didn't work out. For instance, Luca Hernandez got injured right before the end of the Villarreal game. And then we conceded just a minute later. I mean, if that is an unfortunate, I don't know what is. And Villarreal were actually really good last season. They defended admirably and they almost knocked Liverpool out. So I think it'll be harsh to say that he lost to a minnow because they were actually very strong. This season, though... Completely different ball game. If you should have sacked him, should have sacked him last season. He was going at full steam in all competitions. And this wasn't even casino. It's only a casino if you have, you know, something that you've lost, something that you need to gamble for. This season, Bayern had everything to lose because they were alive in all competitions. Oh my God, we were two points behind Dortmund. What is the problem with that? It's not... <laughs> It's not like the earth's going to collapse. It's the Bundesliga. It's a 34-game season. We were only on match day 26. Still so many games to go. The De Classica was on the horizon. It was just one game against Leverkusen. Two points yeah. won't make a massive difference. No. They didn't give him a chance. 
No, and looking at Dortmund yesterday against Stuttgart, I mean, they are not, they're not serious. Exactly. You know? They're not Ex serious. Exactly. And, I, yeah, I mean, and I think, I mean, I think you're right. I, I mean, Bayern had group of death, they called it, with Inter and Barca. Exactly. They did not let in a single goal against Mbappe Both and Messi. Teams. Yeah. Both times. And against all, Barca and Inter as well. Yeah. Yeah, won all games. Eight out of eight in the Champions League. And all eight games, they only conceded two goals. Three goals scored against PSG unanswered. Three against Barca, two in the second leg. Uh, and against, I believe, uh, Inter, it was 2-0 both legs. Yeah. And against Victoria uh, Plesenia, it was 4-2 on one of the legs. And I think 2-0 or something. 5-0, uh, yes. Uh, so the aggregate scoreline was also pretty massive, right? Across all the games. <laughs> So, Bayern scored a boatload of goals in the Champions League, conceded just two. What do we do? Sack the manager. Yeah, I think uh, we're we're getting to it. I don't think he was on the pitch. You know, I think something must have happened uh, beyond close scenes. I don't no, think that um, I we, believe that the public knows everything. You know, even I if think... something happened behind closed doors, something that Nagelsmann is responsible for, something needs to be said to the fans. They're yeah, yeah, for sure. By the club. Sure. This is this looks very clueless if the board's justification is, oh, we lost that game against Leverkusen. So we thought something needs to change. Because what you've effectively done is kicked us out of the DFB Pokal, we're out of the Champions League, and we're going to scramble till the death for the Bundesliga that we probably would have won anyways with Nagelsmann. Yeah, yeah. I and mean... What I, and you cannot defend Tuchel by saying that, oh, we need to give him a good chance next season because... Why did you bring him in? You thought we were going not going to win the treble. You brought him in to secure the treble, and he has done the very opposite of that. Yeah. How can yeah. you possibly justify your decision now by saying that we you need to give him another season? You know, it just doesn't make any sense. And someone needs to answer for these things. Whoever has been making the decisions needs to do needs to pay. Honestly, needs to do, <laughs> something needs to be done because I, I think it's a it's a interesting point of how Bayern will survive without Hernes and Rummenigge. Um, they've, so far, I think the board has made strange, very strange decisions. I don't think they've been also very good in the transfer market. Of course, some signings, new signings has been good, but I think some others are a bit questionable. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, the life without Hernes and Rummenigge, I think Bayern needs to be careful because it's easy if you're a Premier League club and you have endless of money to spend it's harder if you're a Bundesliga club Bundesliga clubs needs to be smarter in the transfer market they need to be smarter in the economy yeah and this was a costly mistake to fire Nagelsmann as you said it's 25 million they cost Bayern I mean uh, and for what all they could have done was wait till the end of the season to do that you had yep. so many players coming out and vocally saying that they felt bad Nagelsmann was dismissed Kimmich mentioned that there's little heart in business. And I covered it in one of my articles. And mm -hmm. these players feel they had a personal connection to Nagelsmann. Goretzka was per had a personal connection to Nagelsmann. Many of these players fought for him, played games with a lot of energy, with a lot of zeal. If mm -hmm. you remember the game uh, against PSG, the away game, and the home game, for instance, the game at uh, uh, Munich... Bayern played with so much fire, with so much passion. 
they did not let in the single goal. They attacked with so much ferocity. You can say, oh, but Chupam Moting is injured. Are you really telling me that one player, and yes, Chupam Moting is a good striker, all due respect, but Thomas Miller was benched. Tuchel did that. Gnabry played at striker. Tuchel did that. Muziala played at the central attacking midfield position. Tuchel did that. The, the entire sequence of Bayern's play was pragmatic with passing from the back. Tuchel did that. The first 10 minutes of the second half was the only phase of play where I saw Bayern actually pressing against Manchester City. They did not press at all. And are you really telling me to believe that Tuchel is a massive improvement to an algorithm? Well, so far, no. I think, I, I still think Tuchel should be, you know, judged from his own accord, right? I think it's a hard, it's a hard time to, for him to get into a season. Um like him individually, right? I think it's a very tough time to to start managing. Um, I think, however, I, think I, I agree with as you. We say, as yeah. we say, though, it's like it's not it's not Tuchel who needs to have questions. It's yeah. the board. Exactly. No, and yes, I agree with uh, you somewhat on that regard. But I also can't help but think the Nagelsmann was a better fit for Bayern than Tuchel. It's even, too early to tell. Too even tactically tell. and style-wise. No, I'm just talking in terms of, you know, his tactics with his previous teams. Like at Chelsea with the five-man backline. In would probably have a hissy fit if he hears about the five-man backline at any point, right? So I'm not going to mention it too much. Chelsea, five-man backline, pragmatic football. They conceded very few goals, true, but they didn't attack particularly that Champions League winning season. They scored one or two goals to edge out games, right? And that was also due to Pep overthinking, or else they probably would have won against Chelsea. And before that, PSG. Again, do you really think that PSG side that played against Bayern Munich in the final was a well-drilled team? I think they played more as a group of individuals. They relied on individual quality more, right? You can argue that the Thomas Tuchel uh, Dortmund side gave Bayern a run for their money. If I'm being honest with you, Thomas Tuchel's Dortmund is possibly the best version of Thomas Tuchel's football I've seen, simply mm. because of the gig and pressing that it showed. You know, they did lose the Bundesliga by one point, but that was one of the best footballing sides I've seen in the Bundesliga outside of Bayern Munich, right? Uh, maybe under Juppankis or or that specific season when they won with 85 points. Dortmund was incredible. That's yeah, it. yeah, and I think I mean I think Tuchel Tuchel's kind of you know mantle speaks for itself. I mean I thought PSG was good that year. I mean that's yeah, the best yeah. I've ever seen PSG. And as I say, Dortmund's uh, sorry Tuchel's Dortmund was the best challenger Bayern has seen exactly. in the last ten years. Yeah. yeah so I yeah. think he is a good manager, but you know it's it's the timing of it all. I think we can both agree on that. Could have waited till the end of the season to sack Nagelsmann if they really wanted to sack him, but uh, yeah. alas. Yeah. The board has ruined the season, and now uh, VS fans have to pay the price of watching these games and, you know, sort of crying. He still could have won the treble. Nagisman could have won the treble, and then they didn't have to sack him at all. Exactly, probably. exactly, exactly. You know, that is the main thing that pains me. He did not get a chance, ironically, in the season where he could actually have won everything. Yeah, so I think uh, the take-home message is we can both agree that uh, sacking, sacking Nagelsmann was a very premature decision. And uh, they, he wasn't given uh, a, a decent chance to realize his full potential. He wasn't given a chance to actually show what he could have done 
with what was a potentially trouble-winning campaign season for Bayern Munich, completely derailed, and now we are left with pretty much nothing. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think, yeah, the, the second of August moment was strange, awkward, and now it is also proven not effective. That's what I will leave it. I believe that uh, someone needs to be held answerable and something needs to be done about this. Because if we keep sacking coaches, like you mentioned, where is Bayern headed, really? Like, every single season, if we sack a coach, and this happens constantly. I mean, I understand that Bayern is always in immediate need of results, results-oriented team. But that doesn't mean that coaches coaches are also human beings at the end of the day. And they need to establish relations with the players. They need to b- bring a setup to the team, implement it, sort of integrate their plans for the present and future of Bayern Munich. Do all of this, and one season is simply not enough to do that. I'm not saying no. that Bayern should start every season you know, with a new coach and a clean slate. What I'm saying is, you can't judge a coach solely based on their first and only season on the club. And you certainly can't sack them when they're about to realize their potential. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And I think I'm, um, I mean, this is a doomsday scenario, right? So I don't maybe necessarily believe this, but I'm getting a bit worried that this next board, will it be their way or the highway? Even when in situation like these, it hasn't really proven short-term beneficial. Uh, Will Bayern turn into a club like AC Milan, you know, Man United? I don't know. I don't know. The thing is, like, there, there needs to be, there needs to be like a long-term vision, and yeah. there needs to be some kind of strategy of some sense. And as you said, like to sack coaches here and there, you know, like it doesn't work. Yeah, I can't believe uh, the. I mean, how the season has changed in the matter of a month, right? I mean, we were talking about Bayern potentially winning a treble and now we're comparing them to Man United and AC Milan. I mean, this 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 stuff can't be made up. This is this is this is insane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah uh, no, I think I think I even wrote like the last article I don't write too much anymore because of because of my work and stuff, but yeah, you I, come I did once re- every year out of your cave and you write yeah, an exactly. article, get engagement, and then you go back into hiding. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I think the last one, the last one I wrote was that you know I'm I was happy that Bayern took you know the long term, long vision type of route, and uh, that was only a few months before uh, Nagasman got sacked. Yeah, so it has yeah. changed. You're right. And uh, less serious question: uh, How long do you think Tuchel's going to last before getting sacked? <laughs> um, well, he, he will get one full Just season. Yeah, 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 yeah. He will get one full season, I imagine. Um, but Tuchel is not a long-term coach for any team. So, so you really think he's going to last the entirety of next season? I doubt that. I think it's yes. possible that he's gone by December. <laughs> I think he has to stick. I mean, like Salihamidzic and Khan has to stick stick to their, you know, rash decision at this point. So I think... Yeah, so the thing is, uh, the board usually have a propensity of saying things that they don't stick to. Like they said, they're (laughs) going to back Nagelsmann for his entire tenure and that recent results don't mean, you know, he doesn't have the board's support. And just two weeks later, they... I mean, Hayner gave an interview five days before the sacking of Nagelsmann saying that he has their full support. 
and yeah, some, yeah something must have happened at this point we're just speculating yeah yeah but, but yeah, something yeah, no. like drastic like this must something have happened yeah, yeah yeah something along those lines i mean like something that uh definitely but 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 then that just means that we're giving the board more credit we think they're very sane we're trying to justify this decision i think there's also another side where the board can just be stupid at times it's possible that it was just a simple brain dead decision they did not think this through properly and Bayern is all the all the worse for it yeah, no, I think, as you say, I mean, Heiner packing uh, Nagasman five days before the sacking and then, you know, the sacking coming so abruptly. I definitely think it was an emotion-based decision um, and it's proven so far not to be the right one. So Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, you're going to be on the Sport Bills, you know, cover page, news article tomorrow. You oh, know, oh. journalist insinuates... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> a mishap it... between uh, Union Nagelsmann and someone. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I, a very, that's a very nice name to define me by, journalist. But I'm just, I'm just a regular bloke in Brussels. Okay, Talk... that's that's putting it lightly. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe journalist uh, once a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, I think that brings us to the last and final, very short topic, and that is uh, for the rest of the season. What do you think Bayern Munich should focus on? Do you think they sh- they would be able to win the Bundesliga, or do you think the team morale might mean that they also lose that competition? No, I think they will win the Bundesliga because of the the simple fact that no team can match Bayern at the moment. And I'm not saying that Bayern is amazing. I'm just saying that like the others are just not worthy challengers. Um, yeah, yeah. I-, I think Dortmund are. I don't want to be over dramatic, but they are bottlers. You know, they are not serious. They're not a serious club. I think the Stuttgart, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I love them. I love Dortmund. I think, I mean, I've been to the Westfalen Stadium. It's amazing, yep. really cool yep. fans. But like their team right now to do what they did against Stuttgart, it's not, it's not serious. So yep. that's why Bayern will win the Bundesliga for the eleventh time in a row. Yes, it's only because of the the paltry poor state of the opposition and nothing to do with Bayern Munich's strength because uh, since, I guess, uh, the end of March, they have been atrocious. They've been very poor. And April has spelled the doom for Bayern Munich, essentially. In one month, every single thing has changed, right? And uh, that also puts a lot of pressure on the board to sort of get things right this summer, both in terms of the coach and also in terms of the transfer market. So... Them sticking to Tuchel is obviously a big decision, but also, who did they sign? You know, what stop they, gaps did they? They fill? need a striker. They need a striker. That Bayern is the obvious one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but and who? Is it Victor Ozilman? Is it Kolomwani? Is it Lahovic? It's all up in the air. And I yeah, think Ozilman seems a bit too expensive. I think though. He does. He does, and I think it's unrealistic because uh, I believe Bayern won't shout. But at the same time. If reports are true, Kolomwani won't be available for anything less than 80 billion you know, euros. That itself seems a crazy exorbitant sum for me. Eight, yeah. 80 for Kolomwani, yeah. Yeah, 80 That's, to 100. Yeah. 100 was I, mentioned, but I'm just being prudent and saying 80. I'm, I, I'm yeah. being optimistic, right? But I, yeah, and I don't mentioned. really value him like as a that highly. Level either. Yes. No, I agree, I, think, I agree. Yeah, it's a tough one. Maybe Ronaldo from uh, Al Nasser. That'll be interesting to say the least, but... Uh, yeah. I'm not sure no, the board's I, going to go that way. There will probably be a lot of backlash. I don't think. Yeah, 
I think also Kane is will be a massive mistake. Um, I, I agree. I agree completely. Yeah. Yes, yes. Not Kane. Uh, maybe Vlahovic if they can get him at the right price. But uh, and there's also the, uh, I think the Danish striker Hoyland. I think he plays for. Uh, uh, I think was it Atlanta. Hoyland? Yeah, 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 yeah. I hope yeah, I'm not saying it currently. Yeah, he could be yeah. interesting. I think with Vlahovic for me, just he is the most interesting option right now. And that's exactly. because um, he's been not great at Juventus. They bought him for a lot of money. But it's Juventus. Um, yeah, yeah. Love it, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's Juventus. So, I mean... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody Alec... is really great at Juventus, you know. The, yeah, Alec defensive. Delic was uh, a part-time uh, Burger King worker at Juventus, you know. And <laughs> he's come to Bayern and he's changed his fortunes completely, right? So, I don't think... Uh, Exactly. exactly. A, That's a good point. I think like his form at Juventus is an accurate representation of what. Yeah, yeah. And Vlaovic yeah. was amazing in Fiorentina, I believe it was. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that is an interesting signing. I don't think it will be too expensive. I think if they can more or less match Juventus' price from what two seasons ago, he is a talented player. So I think that could be interesting. And fits the system as well. He's a pure number nine, and I don't think Colomani is a pure number nine. No, he, no, he's more like a winger as well. No? Exactly. Like wingers, and I think uh, Bayern has learned his lesson about signing wide forwards like Sadio Mane and, you know, Serge Gnabry's contract extension. You just don't do it because yeah. they are not the solution for the number nine position. We need someone who is a like-for-like Robert Lewandowski replacement. And there are only a handful of such solutions uh, in the market right now. And Bayern should yes. do well and just sign one of them. And if not, then... Uh, I suppose we just give Chupamoting a little bit of time next season and bring Matthew Tell into the fold slowly because I think he has a lot of potential. He can, you know, do some great things for Bayern. He is very young, still unrefined, I believe, still kind of raw. So he needs to be chiseled by the right coach. So let's see what yeah. happens. At the moment, yeah. at the moment, the board has regressed five years instead of taking two steps forward. So it's more like we are now rebuilding everything again. We are reconstructing the entire building from scratch because everything has just collapsed. So, but but at the same time, you learn from mistakes. So I think this is one that they will not forget. Yeah, that, that is true. So. That is true. If we will hope that they they will learn from this for sure. And uh, with that semi-hopeful note, uh, thank you so much for <laughs> listening to us. Uh, it was a pleasure hosting you, Marcus. Uh, this was fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. For yeah, thank you. Thank you for uh, allowing me to join. It's, it was Absolutely. great. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, feel free to like, rate, share, and subscribe to us on any and all podcasting platforms of your choice, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Megaphone. I, I don't even know how many platforms there are. So just, I mean, just subscribe to us on all of them. Uh, make sure to give us your feedback in the comment section, both in the articles that Bobby and FB works and wherever you can give your comments in the podcasting platforms. Make sure you go through our articles on Bavarian Football Works as well. Uh, Marcus posts his uh, yearly article on there. And uh, I also have uh, my uh, rant piece on the board and buying situation coming up shortly. So mm -hmm. I'm sure you're going to, if not enjoy, uh, at least have uh, a decent time reading it because uh, it probably will be uh, quite, quite scathing. And uh, aside from that, Ensure that you keep the feedback and the love coming because we really value it a lot. Thank you so much once again for listening. We'll be back with another podcast uh, after, you know, that painful 
a home game against Manchester City that is yet to come. <laughs> Until then, uh, uh, hopefully with the decent spirits, vielen Dank und auf Wiedersehen. <laughs>